Welcome to Leeds United East Ham podcast. I'm Andy Mitten and I'm stood outside the Scotsman's pub on the main street, main shopping street in Oslo. Um, it's busy Manchester United are playing Valerenga today. Um, the pub is absolutely packed with United fans. Always look on the bright side of life. Has just come on. It's high summer in Oslo, which means it's about 10 degrees now. Actually, it's quite nice. And I'm with um, I'm with Peter Boyle. Peter's been to Norway loads of times with United. Maybe you can tell us a bit about United support here. Just seen him in the pub, getting everyone singing ahead of this vitally important football match today. And you've just stood on my new white trainers. What are you thinking? I'm sorry, Andy. Anyone who has a new pair of trainers, I have to stand on them, you know what I mean? It's a bit of a, a Boyle historic thing. There's Alan Kirbisley. Hey, Alan. <laughs> um, describe United's support in, in, in Norway. I think that in Norway, I mean, we, I think we have about 50-odd thousand members in Scandinavia, of which, of which about 95% are actually Norwegians. And considering we have people like Michael and Hans uh, Beck and obviously, if, you know, we had Henrik Larsson for briefly, it's amazing that it's such a, a big percentage of Norwegian. And I always think that, I know the market in Asia is really big, but I think Scandinavians are probably more long-standing fans overall. I don't look in the genuine Asian fans, but I just think that, percentage-wise, because it's, it's only like a less than two-hour flight from where Scandinavians, yeah. I think United should do more to come here like, and build that support up. Yeah. Liverpool have got a massive support there as well, yeah. but, but I just think Scandinavians are more, more like match-going base. Yeah. United and Liverpool are by an absolute distance the, the best supported clubs here. United have got 44,000 paid up members and I've said it many times, that's not likes on Facebook, that's paid up members. Yeah. Loads of them go over to Old Trafford frequently and that's in a population. Norway's got 5.1 million people. It's a far higher percentage than you would get in England where Manchester United are based. And as you said Pete, there's cultural reasons that have gone back decades. English is well spoken here. People could receive the BBC transmissions here. We've got people like Lars Morton, who was infatuated with, with George Best and when he first saw him in 1969, started coming to games in 1976. I think the problem we've got is that the biggest stadium here, it only holds 27,000 people. And United, to justify a match fee, if there's an 80,000 seat stadium here, and they, they should play here more than twice in, in 15 so. years. All I'm saying is right, I'm, you know, there's so many genuine reds all over the world. I'm not knocking our Asian sport, but I've got some friends who are Portsmouth fans. I know a Fulham fan, and when they like won the cup and Fulham in the Premier League, they had these new supporters clubs in like in, yeah. in Asia. Now, I'm not trying to mock everyone, but I, I doubt very much that there's still a strong Portsmouth supporters club yeah. in Malaysia, right? Yeah. yeah. I know United and Liverpool are different. We've always had fans. Yeah, Valerenga's mobs running up the street here, Pete. Yeah, Can I'm you still do let, a bit? Let, let's have it. Let's have it. But uh, what I'm saying is, I just think that. Uh, I think, in the, it, I, th- I just think United should concentrate more on, on this. I mean, I think it was uh, even joined like the original take-up a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, the amount of people from Norway who signed up to like Mus, whatever, yeah. compared to like maybe people closer to home, yeah. was quite significant, wasn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah. How are you feeling about this season, Pete? And have you got any new songs lined up for Lukaku or, or Lindelof? And why, why don't you get one sorted for Pogba? thing is one of the problems is Andy I love, I love podcasts and social media to some extent but there's too many experts out there now right. so as soon as you get a new player someone's ready to shoot it people, down people, people tweet stuff people Facebook it right. and say this is our new song but, 
but actually getting that going in the ground is completely different. That's that's the hard bit. Of course it is. But people now, if you get a great song going, the amount of times a Stan Rosie song has been suggested for a United player, right, yeah. in the last 15, 20 years. But if you post a decent, a decent song, within 10 minutes, someone said, change the third line, change the fourth line. And that's why when Verón was here, all the songs we had, guess what we sang? Gary Bloody Glitter. I love to say something else, Gary something Glitter. Right? Verón, Verón. Verón had about three really good songs. There was one that... Juan Verón. Yeah, Sebastian Verón. To do with it, yeah. Juan Sebastian This is Verón, this is Verón, right? Yeah, yeah. But what, they were most, what yeah. most people sang was... Ver on, ver on, yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. Although I did like going glitter when I was about four, but not for the same reasons other people did, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Just be careful. I remember when Veron first signed pre season in Thailand, and there was another one which went something like comes from Argentina, only six foot one. Veron, Ron, 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 Veron, Ron, Ron. Yeah! I've lost the words to it, and it never caught on, apart from in one bar in no, Thailand. No, what I'm saying is, don't get me wrong. The probably the two songs in the last 20 years I've took off by social media is the brilliant Yellow Zine song and yeah. maybe, maybe Anderson's yeah. song, right? Yeah. But most songs, right? If you know, people people say to me, and Tottenham had that player, P- P- Pavlichenko, whatever, yeah. and someone sent me a message saying the Tottenham song, uh, you know, Pavla. No, thank you. No change there. No change there. Sorry, no. Someone sent me the song. Uh, uh, Pavlachenko, dude, you know, like the, the old uh, super califragilistic. Yeah. I've heard Tottenham fans said no one ever sung that again. Yeah. But people, people tweet it and text it. Yeah. And to me, I mean, we sang, we sang the, the, the song The Fields of Raff and Rye. We sang that before Liverpool. Remember? Oh, I, the Reds will never die. Yeah. We've watched our team lift three trophies high. Yeah. With Giggsy on the wing, only social made us sing. Now it's so lonely round the streets of his. But. It's actually a beautiful song, isn't it? It is. When but, everyone's but, singing it. But, but. Then it, again, So Is You'll Never Walk Alone. Controversial. Yeah, but no, no, well, it is a good song. But that was everyone's song at one stage. Yeah, yeah. Now, you know you're singing I, in the 70s. We, we, sang, we sang that song, Feels Like Anfield Road. The, the, the tune before Liverpool did but I don't claim that's a United song because Liverpool have sung it as a song now yeah. you, know, you know even though we had 300 people singing it in Dog and Partridge it's not a United song is it yeah. you know what I mean and that's what I mean people send texts and go it's our new song it's not a song unless the whole crowd sing it to me we've got to get Old Trafford rocking I know we've had this chat for 20 years but I go to games all around the world I'm very fortunate to because it's part of my job and I just I'm often distracted and I just sit there envious at a brilliant atmosphere even in countries like Israel which you wouldn't normally associate with football and it's just miles better than Old Trafford and it just depresses me the ingredients are there I think we need to have a word with the club this year I think you'll find Jaystown will be even more better this year because we've had people yeah, there's a lot of good people in no, there but we've had people moving seats I know. So we've and like, the flags right. look great as well no, no but, but the flags oh, to me should only look great if the seat if the, it's about the, if yeah. the volume right yeah. but I just think you're going to be surprised how good it is in Jaystown this season seriously but what, what is is that like I used to give excuses like the, the roof is not the ground, oh, right, acoustics, right. I went to Marseille when Hines exactly, was there, exactly. right. Two sides of the ground singing to each other. Yeah. There's no bloody roof yeah. on it, right? Yeah. One of the best atmospheres I've ever experienced was in um, the Ali Samiem Stadium in Galatasaray. That wasn't, it was only, it wasn't covered. You know, there's only a little bit of it covered. Fenerbahce. Fenerbahce. When it, when it was about 25,000 there. Yeah. And it was like, bloody like, yeah. Besiktas, when only one side of that was covered. All right, stop mentioning ones I've not been to. <laughs> Liverpool. You've never been to Liverpool? No, I've run, I've run out of there quite a few times. Yeah. Thank you for your time, Peter. Uh, final prediction, how will United do this season? I think they're going to win the league, really. Seriously. 
I don't. I hope you're right. Gonna go and talk to some more people. Still on the main street in Oslo. Bumped into a young lady called Kate. I'm gonna get in trouble for doing what I'm gonna do now. <laughs> but it's the lovely partner of Steve Armstrong, the very popular a host of this podcast. Steve and I share duties. Steve's the man at the back of the coach or in the coach parks after matches goes up to people who are absolutely steaming gets them on the United Wing Stand podcast and then sends me uh, an email at like 8 o'clock on Sunday morning say you better listen to this bit at 17 minutes and 14 seconds because we're all going to prison if it goes out so trusted um, when people see Steve going to Norwich away then coming back to Manchester and going to watch an Anthony qualify. I think he's probably out the house for 24 hours there. Probably. Does he tell you he's doing it? I'll, I'll, I'll just, you know, I'll tell my wife I'm going to Oslo for three days, and my great excuse is that it's work. And Steve takes his responsibility <laughs> with the mag like work. What's his excuse to you? He doesn't have an excuse. He tells the truth. Right. And you're obviously very patient and I'm understanding. I'm a patient, understanding wife. I get 20 hours on my own. Right. With the remote control. Yeah. No horse racing, no football, right. no golf, no anything. What's Just he, me. What's he like at home? Um, like he is when he's out. Right. He's so does he just does he sit watching horse racing? Yeah. He loves horses, <laughs> doesn't he? From 9 o'clock in the morning till yeah. the last race, about 9 o'clock at night. <laughs> he knows all the race courses, doesn't he? Yeah. All he, he says to me is, uh, put 415 on. <laughs> So he just sits there watching it, and, yeah. he, and he has a great affection, and, and you know, I'm joking about the horses, for dogs and rescuing dogs. Do, do you share that? Yeah, I run the rescue. He suffers the rescue. Right. What, yeah. what, what, what do you mean, running the rescue? We, uh, we take stray dogs off the streets yeah. uh, after seven days, and we find them homes. Right. And we do all the paperwork and everything else, fundraising that goes with the rescue. I knew nothing about dogs until... Started Steve. following <laughs> Stephen. I just think it's great that there's like a side to him that's got all this affection for mutts. I'm mean, allowed to say that, or you're not. Oh yeah, I yeah. don't. I don't know what I'm allowed to say, and and I'm not to say. Um, he's missed weddings this year to go to United games. Yeah. And he sort of has a joke about him on here, but one of them was your close friends, wasn't? Yeah, wasn't my she? best friend. Your best friend. My best friend. And in he the missed the wedding to go to Anderlecht. He missed her wedding to go to Anderlecht. And he came back on a ferry where he witnessed a dwarf falling into the buffet yeah. on, a, on a North Sea ferry. Yeah. Um, do you ever listen to the podcast, by the way? Every Monday. Really? Yeah. Starts my Monday off every Monday. Uh, I'm surprised you listen to them. I don't think my wife does. There's people at Manchester United who listen to the podcast, and I get 30 messages saying, I'm not supposed to tell you this. I'm driving into the club on a Monday morning, and some of them are quite senior people, and they just say... I'm just laughing my socks off at some of the things. Do you find humour in them? Yeah, a lot. Yeah. In They're Steve hilarious. as well, in Steve's humour? Um, yeah, we're on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> kind the, of. the best thing I've heard this year is the advert for Lord Timepiece. I was crying with laughter thinking, <laughs> I'm just going to get in so much trouble here, what they've done. And I'm on a bus to the airport. I'm just crying with laughter thinking. Brilliant. It was brilliant. How are we going to get away um, with this? What do you say then when he misses your best friend's wedding do you have serious words are there any limits no I've got really understanding friends and family right who check the fixtures before they usually arrange things right and if it can't be done on a non-match day I get the pitying look oh, right oh you're on your own right 
So they know that he's, yeah. he's going. Yeah. When the cup draws are made, Steve would want a game as far away from Manchester as possible because it means more time on the coach. Yeah. Do you, just, do you just accept that's just him? I look at the away draw. That's the first thing I do is look at the away fixtures and go, right, that weekend, yes, I don't have to cook, I don't have to do... I love it. The only one I do check is our wedding anniversary. It's right. usually Derby Day yeah. or a Champions League fixture. If he missed that, would that be an issue? Is that the one? Is there any one where... Andy, we got married in December and we've been married... Um, 36 hours we yeah. flew back into Manchester yeah. he kissed me on the cheek and said I'm off to Everton to get the second half in love see you later yeah so that's how it doesn't really make a difference I wonder how like um, a psychiatrist I'm not just saying it about Steve I'm saying it about lots of people because I once organised a trip to Amsterdam filled the coach of 50 people when I was a, when I was a student United rearranged the fixture I arrived in Amsterdam not even got into the city, got to the airport, flew back to QPR away, flew back to Amsterdam that night. The customs at Heathrow just didn't believe me. They just thought I was smuggling narcotics. <laughs> and, you know, it's a great story, and at least I get a job out of it by, by writing about these stories. That is my excuse. But there's a... There's like... I think there's... Addiction issues as well. Uh, serious addiction issues. In a nice way, you know. Yeah. You're not like... I think he'd make a really good university study. Yeah. I really do. I think people would be, all the experts would be quite intrigued by Steve's brain. What would Steve, what would Steve do if you came on the monkey bus? I'm not allowed on the monkey bus. No. Point but if you sat in front of the microwave at the halfway point with the sensible people To be honest, Andy, I wouldn't want to get on the monkey bus. Right. They get off and they stink. Right. So I don't want to go. So on you the get him coming bus. home stinking. They stink a bus. Yeah. A bus. Bus. It's got a smell of its own. It's disgusting. Get three of them in the back of a car. So and you, you will pick them up. I pick them up from Nutsford about two a.m. Yeah. 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 You like a dream wife. <laughs> I have a very expensive handbag and shoe. Right. No, but I think it, I think so every, that works well for us. But being serious, every relationship is is yeah. based on understanding, isn't it? it? Is, yeah. And he if was you know united where, before I met him. And, and I he's, can't a, he's a hard-working, intelligent man, isn't he? He works he's, hard. He's not like just sat in no. the pub seven days a no. week. You know, so we I can, see him grafting in his day job. Yeah. He? So he, he gets his little pleasures in United and stuff. So little? keeps him happy. Keeps me happy. Have you enjoyed this trip to Oslo? Yeah, it's been brilliant. You yeah. going to the game? I believe so. Are you yeah. a United fan? Uh, yeah. Why was there a pause there? Eh? Because all my family are Liverpool fans. Right. And uh, But you wouldn't normally get to to matches to United games? No, I've no. been a couple, but yeah. not, not So you're looking forward to it? To yeah, watching, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've stood many a year on the cop with my dad, but yeah. Okay, <laughs> I was currently stood in the street as someone is shouting, you scouse bastards, I'm not sure who at. Yeah. It's been it's been lovely to talk to you. Yeah. Um, please remain understanding because I know that the job that Steve does is really appreciated by by people who listen to this, and I don't think he'd be able to do it if it was if it wasn't for you. Steve couldn't get out the door without me in the morning, and did let alone do this. <laughs> Thank you on behalf of all the people who listen to this podcast. Bumps into one of the Manchester lads in Oslo, Martin. Remember coming here with you about 25 years ago That's on right, one of yeah. these pre-seasons? Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Up to all sorts of no-goodness. Nothing's changed much. How's your trip been? <laughs> yeah, it's been OK, thanks, yeah. Still as expensive as ever. Right, it's never going to be cheap coming over here, is no, it? No, not at all, no. Especially now the pound's absolutely goosed. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But there's been a lot of very generous Norwegian Reds buying uh, United fans who've come over from England pints of beer. 
and there's been very few objections uh, about that. How are you feeling about United this season? Um, I've got I've got a pretty good feeling about it. I still think we need a few more players. Um, obviously, the transfer window is still open, so mm. we're, we're looking at you know hopefully buying a couple more additions to the squad. I still think there's a couple of players that need to. I'll store it. I'll sort of pause it. You still think you need a couple more players? Yeah, we need a couple of more players. There's probably a couple of players that are going to go as well, I would imagine. But I think, as far as I'm concerned, from what I saw for under Moyes and Van Aar, we're going in the right direction. So you think Mourinho's the man? I do, I do think so, yeah. I think he understands the club. That's the, that's the point. The, the other two, it was, I think the job was too big for him. They didn't understand it. They didn't grasp it. Mourinho's got that, and he, get, he gets the club. He's gone more humble since he's come to United, rather than when he was at Chelsea, it was all about him. It was all about him at Real Madrid, or he liked to think it was, you know what I mean? But I think at United, he knows the clubs first, the fans are first. It's just starting raining as we talk in the streets, so we may need to find some cover. Which areas do United need to strengthen? Definitely, I think, midfield. I could do with another, another centre-forward, I reckon, you know what I mean? Or some, a, good, a good attacking midfielder that can put score goals so as well. So more than a defensive one? Because he's looking at yeah. Matic as a defensive midfielder. You think a more attacking one? Well, you know what, I'd like Matic, I mean, you'd like, I'd like the best of both worlds, I'd like him and maybe another addition as well. And another maybe, striker? I think so, yeah. 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 I think, apart from that, I think we're pretty pretty well covered, you've got a few players that are good utility players that can play all over the pitch, so, you know, like your Valencia's of the world and things like that, you know, they can play like wing-backs, can't they, so, I think definitely down the spine of the, spine of the pitch, that's where it needs strengthening, definitely. You've watched United pre-season for years. Where's the maddest place you've been to? Tell us somewhere interesting where... Because oh, they didn't God. always play in big stadiums. I can remember coming to, to Scandinavia and going to places like Boras. In, yeah, um, Borussia, I was there. Yeah. I played Elfsborg, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is close to Gothenburg. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Three or four thousand people there. Yeah. Five or six, not, not many, certainly not yeah. five figures. Yeah, I remember that, that Boros game, yeah. Anywhere I've se- else? I've seen him, but he played in Lillestrom here years ago as well, and the, and the, the actual uh, stadium, it was like something out of Charlton Park, when I, you know what I mean? I remember it. Yeah, it was all like nets round it, there was one stand and that was it. You could just walk in, basically. I remember one thing from Lillestrom, and that is hearing the oddest song I've ever heard at a match. It was sung by one drunken Norwegian. I've never heard it before or since. And it went like this. Clayton Blackmore, Clayton Blackmore, ding dong bell, ding dong bell. And I walked past him, and this guy was singing, completely content with his song. It clearly wasn't a full shilling. Yeah. But you get you get that yeah. when you go to mad places, <laughs> yeah, don't you? Yeah, gosh, yeah. Um, so you're pretty optimistic about United this season? Yeah, I think they're definitely going yeah. in the right direction. Whether we win the league or not, yeah. you know, because everyone else has added to their squads as well, so it's just... You've got to, he's got to try and kill games rather yeah. than too many draws last year. Yeah. Oh, it was horrible, know. wasn't it? Yeah. Horrible. Every, every time, every time other teams drop points, we never capitalised on yeah. it. And you run out of excuses. Two or three times, you think, okay, that's bad luck. But when it happens nine times, yeah, you're just not good enough. No, of course, you're yeah. just not good enough. And it's just, just lack of goals, really, wasn't it? Lack of the, fin- the, the end products. Hopefully, Lukaku will sort that out because he scored a lot of goals against lesser teams, the ones United failed to kill off at home at Old Trafford. I'm going to carry on walking around. Thank you for your time. And with Snake Hips, Fireman Sam, who's also come over to Oslo. You are in a picture with Norman Whiteside. It's an iconic photo. 1983 FA Cup semi-final. Is that right? April the 15th, 83. 1983. Just describe the photo. I think it won, like, it's, photography uh, awards. Oh, I don't know. Well, I don't know about that. Uh, I, I didn't actually know. When it happened in 1983, it, the picture 
was on the back page of the Daily Ex the Sunday Express. Right. That was the only time I'd seen the picture till I went on Twitter, which was three years ago. Really? I did not really? know that picture still existed. Since I've been on Twitter, that picture's come out with Norman signing the T-shirt and somebody else saying, you need to sign it as well, Sam, to a picture of Shoot magazine with the same picture in it. I never knew anything about this picture. And then a me and Norman recreated the picture 31 years later on World Cup final day in Queensland at Andy Nichols' gaff. Which uh, Andy Nichols is a good friend of ours who's an Everton fan. Yeah, I know Andy. Yeah, and Andy's yeah. um, Everton lad. He's written books about following Everton. That's the man. Tough lad, Andy. But he's, I've known him for, for, for 20 odd years. Um, describe the picture to someone listening to this. Uh, well, basically, the full time whistle has gone. I'm FA Cup semi final. FA Cup semi final. Playing against Arsenal. 1 0 down. 2 1 up. Kevin Moran injured. Going off on a stretcher. Bleeding like a pig. Thumbs in the air. Basically, telling United fans not to worry, we'll get it done. And we did get it done. The picture, what you're going on about, Andy, is basically when the final whistle goes, all the fans run on the pitch. You try to get to Ron Atkinson, you try to get to whoever. I just saw Norman there, run, run behind Norman, put me at, put my cap on his head and he carried it. He didn't even, probably didn't even look at me. Carried on running and to this day I still want to know what happened to the cap. That's fantastic. I like the story how it, how it years later because of social media it's come out. That's, well, that's exactly how it came out. And unbeknown to me, when uh, Mr. Nichols invited me and my city mate Dean McGee yeah. and Alison Smith, who's an uh, Everton fan, to the cup final, have a meal at his place, watch the cup final, I did not know that uh, Norman was going to be there. And also, Mrs. Speed. And Mr. Speed, really? his mum and dad, really? were there. Uh, they'd been doing they'd been doing some sort of charity event for Gary in the morning, and they were invited back in the afternoon. So really? we met Norman and we met Mr. and Mrs. Speed. So I um, I, I I interviewed Gary Speed. I, I did um, I did a veterans tour a few years ago to the Caribbean, and I interviewed 17 players. And I sat down with Gary Speed, and and he, he gave me a really good interview because. I didn't know him, he didn't play for, for Manchester United. And um, I came out the interview thinking, he's cracked life him. He, he's, he's had a really good football career, playing for, for great clubs, let's face it, you know, Leeds United, Newcastle United, big, big strong Everton. clubs, Everton. He looked fantastic. He was a good looking boy anyway, but he kept himself in good shape. He was there with his close mates, people like Alan Shearer, and that was my impression of him. And I did it for a monthly magazine, 442. Yeah. And we didn't print it until three months later, and then we printed it. And, he, and he, he, he took his life, like, three weeks later. And the son took my interview and said, his last emotional interview. And it's not really true, because we'd spoken months before. But when I read it back, um, he talked all about his love for his family. And then I had broadcasters saying, any chance we can buy the interview off you and I said no I don't want to profit from the from the profit? death of somebody uh, exactly. but what I did do was I knew someone who knew his former former wife Louise and I said would you like to listen to this and she emailed me and said yes please and I sent it to her and she said it was lovely to listen to that and this is his ex-wife yeah yeah you know it's um there's certain footballers who play like you've just said they don't play for our club yeah. but Proper football fans like me and you, so we respect them. Gary Speed was it a good footballer. You know, Alan I mean, Shearer was a brilliant I mean, striker. I mean, I mean, just didn't win anything. As, yeah, 
Correct. As you know, our generation, it's not about Saints. It's always been about Leeds and Liverpool. Now, that Leeds team of the 70s is probably one of the best teams yeah. I have ever seen. Really? I'm too young for it, really. Including Manchester United. Yeah. When you look and you start from the back, you've got Gary Sprake, yeah. you've got Paul Reaney, you've got Frankie Gray, you've got Billy Bremler, you've got Jack Charlton, you've got Johnny Giles, you've got Peter Lorimer, Alan Clark, Mick Jones, Brilliant. Eddie Gray, yeah. you know, yeah. and all of them yeah. could play. Yes, they were dirty, they were known for being dirty, but they got results. Probably one, probably one of the best teams in the 70s, in my they, they reached the European Cup final. If you speak to Leeds fans, they think they won the European Cup right, final yeah. in Paris, but yeah. they actually as, they didn't. Yeah, but they're not as deluded as our friends down the East Lakes, are they? No. But yesterday, Brian McLeod was asked uh, the best player you've ever played with. Yes, and he said, he said Kenny Dalglish. And I, I, I totally agree with yeah, him. Yeah, I mean, he was brilliant, wasn't he? he? Saw Kenny, uh, Kenny Dalglish oh, yeah, was played, the best player in the Liverpool him, team played, that won European played, Cup. Yeah, he played with him at, at Scotland. Yeah. But don't forget, he played with him at Celtic. Yeah. And at Celtic, for me, Dalglish was better at Celtic yeah. than he was at Liverpool. Yeah. However, it's a, it's a stupid league. Isn't it? So finally, you're organising buses to games, United away matches this season. I might yeah. come on one of them and do a podcast. Yes, yes, Is that a good yeah, idea? Yeah, yeah, well, of course you, of course you can end it. It's a no-smoking no bus. It's probably no smoke. It's, it's probably well, but I do. <laughs> yeah, I can and see I, that. And I run a no-smoking bus. Right, but, I'll, yeah. I'll come one way, and you can introduce me some of the yeah. some of the characters on your yeah. bus. There's no characters. I look forward really. on, on it. Usually the driver. Usually yeah. the driver. All right. Well, I'll interview the driver on but, the yeah, way. So. Yeah, yeah. And he'll probably talk to you as well, Andy. Thank you for your time. All right, mate. So I'm inside the Scotsman's pub, Mr Boyle's getting the place bouncing, singing all the songs and with one of the aforementioned Norwegian Reds, Thomas, how's the trip? Well, I can't say it's a trip because you live here, <laughs> yeah, how's no. the weekend going with all the United fans there? Oh, it's been amazing so far, because uh, as uh, probably being told by many people, the Man United Scandinavian people are like a big, big family, but that goes with the Man United territory, doesn't it? Why do you support Manchester United? Where are you from in Norway? I'm from a little beautiful place called Fusnavog. And, uh, called what? Fusnavog. Fusnavog? Yeah. Sounds like a black name, that. Yeah. Brian knows all about that place because he's been there a couple of times. Okay, that's Brian McClare who stood next to you. Yeah. Currently <laughs> drawing on your hand. Yeah. Have you, ever, have you ever had a that's European you know, that's golden boot me. winner drawing on your hand before? No, but he's, uh, he's, uh, he's a character that, that I love very much and uh, he draws on my hand just because he loves me, that's, that's the thing. So why United? Why United? Because my mom grew up to support United ever since she was five. She was listening to the radio in 68. She was listening to the 10th anniversary of the Munich Year tragedy and that was the year United won the champions. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, when I was born in 85, she always got videos from 88, the, the histor historic videos and all that. So I've been watching United ever since I was five in 99. And you go to Old Trafford a lot? You go over a lot? Four or five times a year. Yeah. Um, we're going to have a, a one minute music section within this podcast because I can hear tunes going on. I'm going to invite Mr. Brian McClare to discuss Scottish music from the 1980s. Aztec camera or Deacon Blue, Mr. McClare? Aztec camera. What's your favourite Aztec camera song? Oblivious. Why did Scotland produce so much good music from that time? Because I, I know I'm being sort of slightly jokey here, but. Some great bands came out of your country. 
Yeah, but it's still great music coming out of Scotland. Yeah, like who? has got a tradition of, of music, haven't they, you know? So, um, very much like Manchester, that's probably why it's and a great affinity with the music and football of both places. So you have working class cities like Manchester and Glasgow, big football cities, yeah. and they create, music comes out of them. Well, great music because that's what you could do, wasn't it? You know, when you had nothing going back maybe a hundred years ago, you'd maybe have someone who could sing. And there's a huge Irish influence both in Manchester and both in Sudwestica, Scotland as well. And you'd also have somebody who could sing. Now we might not think it was singing in regards to what we would say would be uh, Radiohead, for example. Wait, one of the best bands ever. But you have the idea that people would come in, somebody would sing, and then other people, you'd say somebody could play an instrument, or you would play, you would, you would, you would um, uh, use things in the house to use per- as percussion instruments, spoons, your knees, you know, banging on whatever else it was. Because it all lent itself to the voice as a as a as an instrument. Because the cities punch well above their demographic globally. You can go to to Sao Paulo in Brazil and you'll find British bands selling out the biggest stadiums there. You just don't find it the other way round. Tell us some of the Scottish bands that we should know of. You mentioned Mogwai to me last night. Yeah, well, Mogwai been around for a long time. They did the soundtrack to the Zidane got film. Dozens of albums, you know. I, I've always loved Bell and Sebastian. Yeah, where are they from? They're uh, from Glasgow. You've got um, Biffy Clyro, sold out um, the Transmit Festival recently in Glasgow. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm very pleased that in the recent times that Jesus and the Mary Chain have got back together. Uh, I've got all their albums from the past. Never saw them play live. Uh, just didn't quite manage to get into the uh, Radio 6 music uh, weekend, the big weekend in Glasgow. I was in the uh, pub across the road listening to it. But uh, I've got a ticket to go and see them in September. And then you had the, the Scottish supergroups, Simple Minds in the 80s. I saw them at Round A Park in Leeds. 70,000 people there. Yeah, again, cracking lads from Glasgow have just got back together and released an album this uh, last couple of months. There's a Scottish band and the name is, is killing me because I can't think of the name. I got into them a couple of years ago and it's just not going to come to me. But they were brilliant and I'm going to have to Google it and then I'm going to put it on at the end of, <laughs> end of this podcast. What's the best gig? What did they sing? Oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to kill myself trying teenage to think of it. Club. No, it wasn't Teenage Fan Club. Win. No, no, the from Edinburgh, the 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 someone. Oh, it's driving me mad. This. Yes. He's from Falkirk. Right. No, and it's not them. Malcolm Middleton. No, Edinburgh way. I can see the, the graphics. The proclaimers. No, not the proclaimers. Oh, they did it. It's got. A, it sings in a very strong Scottish accent. Um, the, the someone. <laughs> I'm going fucking mental here in my mind. I'm going to have to do it. What's the best? Tell me some great gigs you've been to with Scottish bands. Well, I saw Simple Minds in Barrowlands. Yeah. Back. Yeah. 
along. The Badlands for me yeah. is Scottish terms the best place to go and watch live music. And that's where Oasis were signed by Alan McGee, is that right? It's Badlands. Uh, perhaps it was, yeah. yeah. I can guarantee you that, you know. So. Yeah. And and Deacon Blue, I can remember seeing them in eighty nine in Manchester and my dad giving away all of his wages to the striking ambulance workers outside. My mum... My after listening to wages there. After listening to wages. My mum absolutely bollocking him, saying, you, you, you've got children to feed. And my dad just... I, I, was, I remember being very proud of my father that day. And Deacon Blue was selling out. A hungry but proud. A hungry but proud. They sold out 10,000 G-Max. Yeah, very good live band. I mean, they've got a, they've got a live album that I've heard I'm gonna, recently I'm, in a in a bar in Edinburgh and it sounds amazing. I'm going to Google this band. It's driving me mad. <laughs> the Twilight Sad. You never heard of them? No. They're from Kilsyth. I was in Kilsyth the other night. What's Kilsyth like? It's uh, like any other uh, small town. I was watching a football match there. Kilsyth Rangers versus uh, Linlithgow Rose. And as I was Googling then, Scottish bands, I, I saw a load more. The Bay City Rollers. <laughs> Are they from Scotland? <laughs> I don't know whether you're joking or not. I think I just read that they're Scottish. The Bay City Rollers. Yeah, they're from Edinburgh. They're from all over Scotland. Right. Maybe most of them from Edinburgh, yeah. Okay. Been and they were a sensation. Yes. In the 70s, yeah. With the, the young sort of teen girls that... And lads as well. A boy yeah. band. And the boy... And they had a boy band, yeah. Yeah, okay. Lovely talking to you about music. I'm now going to download some of those Twilight sad songs which I remembered from a couple of years ago finally are you optimistic about Manchester United this season I very much so all right I'm happy with the answer very much so I trust your judgment thank you for your time um, I'm just in the pub I've just met a young man who's told me he's from Oslo and he's a season ticket holder at Old Trafford in the Stratford End. What's your name, mate? Uh, King Boris How on earth do you have a season ticket when you live in Oslo? Uh, I lived in Swansea in 2012 and then decided to get season tickets because I was close-ish. And then we got the season tickets and then we just took them ever since. So how often do you go to Old Trafford? Uh, we go six to eight trips a year. I don't go six to eight trips, but I own them with my father and my sister. So, so you, sh together. you share it around between the three of you? Yeah. And, and between the three of you, you, you use it for all the games? Yeah. Uh, describe United support in Norway. Uh, I don't know, it's massive. Uh, it's mainly United and Liverpool here, obviously. Uh, it's always been like that ever since I was young. It was just like 20 years ago. Willie, you're on United We Stand's podcast. Yeah. You help run the Red Army Oslo. Yeah. Just tell us about what that involves. Apart from signing up loads of very attractive Norwegian girls to be part of your fan club. Uh, Red Army Oslo is uh, the biggest uh, local department in Europe, I think. We have 8,000 members. Um, Organise arrangements not, uh, regu regularly yeah uh, and um, meeting up at the Scotsman in Oslo to, to see all the games so because I know you go to England a lot you go to Old Trafford a lot when you're not there you watch all the games here yeah how many people the the average uh, people attending games here is around between two to three hundreds on every game that's a huge number of people filling a pub 
in the capital of a foreign city. And you're all singing songs. I mean, I watched the Tottenham game with you last year. Yeah, it's basically, it's, we started off five years ago. We started at a pub called, called uh, Brighton. And after six months, we grew too big for it. So we had to find a bigger pub. And, uh, the last three seasons we've been here at the Scotsman, it was the biggest pub in, in, in Oslo. How much is a pint in there? A pint is too, too, way too, too, too expensive, it's uh, around, uh, what? Seven, eight pounds. Oh, it's only, I thought it was more than that actually. How many kroner is it for a pint? Uh, 94 kroners. That's, that's more than seven pounds, because the pound's very weak yeah, now. Yeah, depending on the yeah, on It's the close to ten pounds for a pint of beer. I was trying to be nice. <laughs> Finally, you, how are you feeling about United this sorry, season? Sorry. I am actually in a good mood uh, regarding uh, United this season. As I told my, my mates yesterday, is that when, when Sir Alex was here, I had the feeling that whatever he does, he knows best. With David Moyes, with uh, Louis van Gaal, I didn't have that feeling. I'm getting it now with, with Mourinho. You have 30 seconds to tell me three interesting things about today's opponents, Valarenga. Because people listening to this, most people won't know anything about Valarenga. Valarenga uh, is a, a mid-table Norwegian team. They're the biggest team in uh, regarding uh, fans. But to be honest, they're not a huge team. How many, what's their average crowd? 10,000. What part of Oslo are they from? The east part, the eastern part. Is that the, is that the working class part of Oslo? Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a working class, yeah. And they're a mid-table side? Mid-table. Mid, mid they won the league 12 years ago. That's the last time they won any, anything. So, their main rivals, Lin Oslo? That will be Lin, yeah. But Lin is relegated, so they're not even close now. So no really opponents. Who's Valerenga's most famous ever player? Uh, John Carew. Well, John Carew had a very good career, didn't he? Yeah. He's a very effective striker. Did well at Valencia. Was it Aston Villa, I think, as well? Aston Villa. Yeah. He played it. He played everywhere. Yeah. All right. Thanks for your time. So that's it for this podcast. Manchester United beat Valerenga three 0 on a, a drizzly, dank summer's afternoon in Oslo's biggest stadium, Norway's biggest stadium. What were the bright points? Um, Paul Pogba played well. Um, Matt, uh, uh, Juan Mata looked decent in the first half. Um, Andreas Pereira, I thought, played well. Young Scott McTominay, um, he looks like he's got something about him. Reminded me of a young Darren Fletcher. And I asked Jose Mourinho after the game what he'd made of the afternoon, and he said he was very satisfied. He liked the referee, thought the pitch was good. And then he, he went on to talk about how he wanted um, Marouane Fellaini to, to stay and I sense that um, Mourinho is Fellaini's biggest ally at Old Trafford. I wouldn't be stunned if Fellaini gets a new improved contract rather than going to Galatasaray. And then I went back into the centre of Oslo, spoke to a load of different United fans uh, in all the different pubs. It was, it was a really good, good weekend. And then I went to Oslo Airport. I'm going to go to Dublin on Wednesday for the final pre-season friendly. Uh, also going to make a start on the next United We Stand. It'll be the first one of the season. Got some really good, interesting and original material in there. Stuff that you will not find online. 
So if you like the mag, and I'm pleased that a lot of you bought the summer one, then if you're not going to get to the games, consider a subscription, uh, either a digital one, or we can send out printed copies. It's, they're always really useful for us at the start of the season when we're ordering, um, if we have a good idea of what subscriptions we have. And of course, if you want to send any material in, please email uwsmag at yahoo.co.uk. If you've got any uh, letters, uh, any articles, ideas for, for articles, we're always looking for talented writers. I'm going to get my head down. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and the next one will come from Dublin, where Manchester United are rather popular. I'm looking forward to it. I should also thank RedArmyBet.com. They were very high profile over the weekend in in Oslo, and it's a, a new betting site worth checking out. There's lots of special offers for Manchester United fans on there. Just have a look at it, RedArmyBet.com, and they're going to give a proportion of any profits towards Manchester United uh, fan projects. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with that that's redarmybet.com who have been sponsoring the United We Stand podcast and we appreciate their support bye bye